Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Good Homie podcast. This is episode 15, where we talk about intergenerational trauma, which is a huge kind of overarching topic. But basically, we talk about you know, some of the behaviors we inherited from our parents, some that we observe, some that are toxic or maybe good, um, that may have been passed down to us, and what trauma we're working on to not pass on to future generations. So it should be a good discussion, and hopefully you guys uh, kind of resonate with our thoughts and, and learn something at around uh, uh, one hour, five minutes to one hour, 19 minutes of the podcast. We do talk about abuse and some of the root causes of abuse and what makes, you know, basically bad people bad. Uh, so th- if this is a sensitive topic for you, uh, please skip past it and uh, listen to the rest of the podcast. Other than that, um, yeah, please follow our socials on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the episode. Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Okay, good. Turn this up. Down. Alright, uh, sorry, nothing. Toronto, you can give us a clap god and clock us in. Okay, okay, I got you. You ready, guys? No. Oh, yeah. I am. Hey, welcome back to another episode of. UGA. <laughs> I don't want to do this on this anymore. Okay, okay, okay. Today we're talking about daddy issues. Woo. Or mommy issues. Or mommy yeah, issues. Or they bitch. They bitch. Whatever you are, man. I got I got mommy issues, low key. And parent issues. Okay, cool. Yeah. Low key, high key. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done an episode. This one's a little more. Okay, it's supposed to be serious, but we'll try our best, I guess. To, 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 what are you fucking? I feel like, I, I feel like whenever we try to. Uh, so today's topic is intergenerational trauma. I feel like when we, whenever we talk about this, like, I feel like for all three of us, our main way of coping is joking about it. It's so humor, yeah. yeah. It's humor. I, I talk about this all the time where like, uh, like I do feel like this generation like, um, has like, really frowns upon humor because like, oh, it's not funny. But it's like, yo, humor is a great way to de-escalate sometimes. I'm, I'm not I'm saying that you can joke all the time, but like, Sometimes, you know, you know a, few, like, a few dick jokes yeah, here and there would, yeah, you know, doesn't yeah, hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you know, the time uh-huh. and the place. I yeah, think. time and place. That's, that's, that's a great way of saying it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so today we're talking about intergenerational trauma. Um, we're going to just talk about, like, I don't know, our experiences. We're just going to spitball. Yeah. This is kind of a new format where I do, we still have guided questions, but wherever the conversation kind of goes, we'll just kind of go, yeah, go as it off. And, and for our younger viewers, do we want to define what intergenerational trauma is? I think Jason, you probably are in the best position oh, to oh, <laughs> give a textbook definition. definition. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> is when you're not good. <laughs> um, oh God, I actually didn't even think about this. I guess intergenerational trauma is like, basically like uh, a sociological influence based on society that affected a demographic and then that trauma that they got affected by the environment is now passing on to multiple generations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like if like let's say a group of people were to colonize like a group of just like x group right Filipinos. uh sure let's say that and like let's say they yeah. adopted a like gambling and drug addiction problem right and like yeah. then that uh trauma leads to abuse behaviors and that abuse behavior kind of goes on towards the next generation right yeah because mm-hmm. like uh, I think we talked about it before where it's like, you know, not to, this is not any way to justify abuse, but a lot of times when people are abused, this is the probability of them becoming an abuser as well is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in order to prevent that, a lot of times to, to fight abuse, it's more proactive than reactive. So intergenerational trauma is like a term um, coined to use to like describe that kind of like 
trauma that's going past in generations to generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just the definition I usually go off of, but um, I'm pretty sure there's like a different way to explain it, but that's just kind of the, yeah. the language I use. Um, but yeah, um, today we're going to talk about, you know, injury and trauma. How's it affected us? You know, we are men of melanin, as they call it. I know there's always there's a different word. <laughs> we're using people of color. I used to use the word minorities, but apparently that's offensive, so I can't use that anymore. Yep. But it's so fun. Um, <laughs> Don't fool people. So uh, I'm just going to start off with some of the questions with spitball, and then we're just going to go off that. So yeah. uh, what are some learned behaviors you have adopted from your parents? Um, they can be good or bad. This is mm-hmm. something that, like, maybe, like, oh, I've noticed my dad does that, and I yeah. also do that. You guys have any, like examples um i don't know if this is i I feel like uh like learned behaviors just in general um like porn addiction (laughs) (laughs) okay that's not really from my parents (laughs) um i think like uh one positive i think i'll go one positive one negative and then kind of talk about one the one positive one that i think personally it's a little bit toxic for myself but um, one positive is like the way that I love and the way that I approach romance, um, I mm-hmm. think is a definitely a learned behavior Yeah. Um, because yeah. of like, you know, I, I think growing up that my parents definitely had a very healthy relationship over sexualized at times. Um, do, you very think much you, like, do you think you're over romantic because you're a cancer, not because it was a learned behavior? <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. He's actually a Libra, ladies. Uh, but yeah, no, I, like my parents <laughs> were very like. I'm actually a Libra ladies, but, um, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, um, I think, uh, I definitely do. I definitely did learn like the concept of romance and love from my parents. And, um, like they kind of taught me like what it's like, especially more, especially from my dad. So like I was having this conversation with Lawrence actually earlier, uh, earlier today. Um, it's like me and you, like when it, when it comes to like approaching women or when it comes to approaching like just romance in general, we're very much the same. And I think it's because we learned it from our dad. We're very like big, hopeless romantics where it's like they're, all these guys are like, oh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But then me and Lawrence are like, yeah, but like once we have that one golden egg, we don't care about any of the other <laughs> eggs. You know what I mean? Such a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's mostly because of my dad, because of how hard he fell for my mom and how much he loves my mom. And like um just kind of like their relationship and their dynamic it's also like they were also they they were never afraid to show pda in front of us i think that's why we're like very hyperly invested in just like um our romantic relationship in terms of that way and that's just like behavior i don't really think that's trauma i think that's behavior are Um, are you grateful for like being able to explore romance in that way because i know a lot of men yeah don't really explore romance like how do you yeah. feel about that I, I think like because of that i'm a little bit more open to like just being a little bit more corny in a sense like you mm-hmm. know like look society quote-unquote labels as corny and yeah. a little bit more just like affectionate and a little bit more vulnerable i think like i take pride in that because like for some people it's really hard for them and like I, i'm very grateful to my parents for being able to show me like that it's okay to be vulnerable especially when it comes to like partners and like it's not that hard in a sense, because they've shown it so often and, it, and they've shown that it's a fairly easy and I've, and I've seen like it constantly. So I think like picture in my head, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this. So like, I'm not too scared of like being vulnerable or, or being like quote unquote corny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think a negative one is like, I think with, a, I think this is with a lot of Asian people is that like, we're just, I'm afraid of authority figures and I'm afraid of like, mm-hmm. just like, I'm afraid, I think more or less not really afraid of authority figures. I'm afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big one for me. I'm, I'm very much like afraid of just like 
failing and not meeting any and not meeting like anyone's expectations like it doesn't doesn't matter if i don't know you or it doesn't matter like if i've known you for like a little bit like i always want to try like for me personally i always want to try to meet your expectations because especially my mom and my dad they've always like they've always been like they've always had high expectations and they've always like expected that of me and they've always like you're not allowed to fail because if you fail like you're you're not worth anything mm. and, and and they've never outright said it but, but they've always it. implied it and they've always felt it like a lot of my value came from academic uh academic success or athletic success right like if if i wasn't the best player on the team my dad didn't care if i wasn't like one of the smartest kids in my class my mom didn't care. you could feel it yeah right? like you can feel it and so like that's why i was afraid very much afraid of failure so like later on in life when i would actually genuinely fail because not everything in your life goes right yeah right? yeah of course um i would take it so hard like mm. i would not be i would i would not not have the right coping mechanisms because i just wasn't used to that you know what i mean i wasn't used to like failing at an early life and i wish like i was a lot more open to failing back then so that I wouldn't be so, you know, afraid now. Like, and I think that also leads into like my, my kind of um, le- like just being scared of authority figures. Cause it's like, if I like, if I upset my boss or if I set, upset this person, then like, I- I'm obviously doing something wrong. And like, I like, nothing should to do never, with them. I should never like do it ever again. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it's a, it's really bad because sometimes they are in the wrong. Sometimes they are like, you know, being irrational and stuff like that. And, 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 and cause they are human at the end of the day too. And it's just really, really scary for like me now being like, Oh, like even trying to speak up and center for myself, knowing that they're wrong, but I'll still just kind of like push it to the side because I'm like, Oh, like, I don't want to, I don't want to upset the balance. It's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a people pleasing problem. And I know yeah, a lot of, yeah. a lot of immigrant kids have that issue of like that whole like people pleasing thing. Uh, cause that's one of the things that I always criticize yeah. about like, uh, cause like, and there's obviously like controversial debate of like should you hate your kids or not yeah yeah but like because the argument is that like yo you, you hate your kid and it's it's really well behaved like it's not they're not wrong like your kid will be very obedient not, not wrong but it's usually out of fear yeah and mm-hmm. i noticed that like uh and this is something i kind of know it's not always true but a lot of times i find that like like white kids they're very good at like asserting themselves like they're like the karens of the world right uh they're good at um setting boundaries we're not really good at respecting it i find but with kids of color they're good at respecting boundaries we're not really good at setting it setting for, them. for themselves yeah yeah. yeah 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 and i was like i guess that's like the argument like do you want your kid to listen to authority out of fear or do you want your kid to listen out of respect right because mm-hmm. like um and again like of course your morals and ethics depends on like the society you live in like you know i don't want to like push on anyone's buttons but like personally i'm just i i would like not to beat the shit out of a kid yeah um just because i'm like yo i just don't want them to go through the same experience of like there's an adult like because like, i'm so used to like listening to my parents and then there's an adult that's like telling them what to do and the adults always in the wrong and they just listen to me because they're an adult figure and it's like yo like like yes like you should respect your elders but if your elder is a pedophile would you respect him yeah you know what right. i mean exactly. the, the understanding of like mm-hmm. hey yo like adults make mistakes yeah. you don't always have to listen to that authority being yeah. okay with actually mm-hmm. challenging what you're going through like yeah. what's this is like the the authority figure that's that's bossing you around mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's like it, it's crazy too because especially when you get to our age you you always forget that like we are adults as well right like um we have grown to the point where we do have the perspective of our parents now for the most part right mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day like um yes like 
20 to 30 to 40 years of experience is a is a lot but like also we are in our mid-20s now we are like adults and we all have experienced like a lot of things so it's like it's it's almost irrational to really um like you know still be afraid of like authority figures in that sense because in a sense to other people we are authority figures right Mm -hmm. so it's like um just having that dynamic (laughs) is is really damaging to um for especially for like a lot of immigrant kids it's um like definitely the debate of like should you be your kids and all that stuff is Mm -hmm. really really it is really really controversial sometimes but i do think that um just i uh, i don't know it's like just like addressing that trauma and not really putting your kids through that is like so so important because i think it makes them a lot more ambitious and a lot more assertive later on in life but like also having that healthy way of like um because like you don't want them to be like that white kid where they don't respect the boundary right yeah like having that healthy way of like <laughs> sorry white kids telling them, <laughs> <laughs> telling them how to like i'm sorry for generalizing but um yeah having, yeah having a way to like like to set that boundary right and it's like a healthy medium and like i think especially with a lot of immigrant parents um it was either like survival or nothing right yeah. so it's like they don't really know balance because they know that their way the extreme way is the right way and they don't really know anything else yeah it's a chaos yeah i think it's like also um if you like being parented that way you don't really know what the difference between as you said like respect and fear is Mm -hmm. so you just automatically say like oh like this person's older than me yeah like they got to be right yeah like i you kind of like gaslight yourself and say like i i know this is wrong like i know what they're saying is wrong i know what they're doing is wrong but you know, I can't say anything or I'll be uh, I'll be hit or I'll be like yelled at or something or rejected from the community exactly yeah, yeah. so so I'll, I'll just like keep quiet and you know I, I I wonder what kind of effect that has on like because if, if you're like a sh- uh like a bit of a kind of like um fearful child go- growing up like not speaking up like what kind of I don't know like I, I was kind of like that but I, I kind of grew out of that shell and like I, I kind of became more comfortable in like challenging uh my parents yeah like my my, my parents view and stuff and as an adult i think i have like an enough experience to to do that not not like disobey them but all but you know challenge them yeah yeah. yeah. like 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 disagree respect yeah but i I wonder like those (laughs) those kids who never grew out of that shell like i I wonder what kind of adults that they'll be yeah yeah they probably live with their bread like yeah because like there are some people that I personally know of that like still live like that and they are like full grown adults. Like they're over the age of 18. Like not saying that 18 is like the cutoff date yeah. to when you fully become an adult, but I think that, they're starting to around, more that independent. around that age, like 17, 18, 19, mm-hmm. even like your twenties, you should start having like a grasp of what it's like to be that kind of adult, you know what I mean? And to kind of have that level of maturity and, I feel like it's very damaging when it kind of bleeds for that long into into that amount of time. You know what I mean? And 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 help and I call it helicopter parenting. Yeah. Right. Um. And and causing that much trauma because it it affects them because they don't really know how to be like independent in a sense. And it's like a lot of the education that they should have had going through that period of time, like 17, 18, 19, 20, like really trying to be independent and really trying to look out for themselves they don't really get it and then they become reliant on like sometimes toxic dynamics right like whether it be yeah. through friends or relationship, relationship yeah. or work life right like 
and it's just very damaging and, it, and it's very disheartening to see you know because it's like you don't want to see your friends go through that but it's also at the same time like how do you need someone like yo <laughs> yeah you're being a little <laughs> yeah um i guess because like uh obviously i have a lot of experiences what comes with like analyzing the fuck out of myself but also um when i was creating the questions i was actually talking to karen about some of the things that she like adopted and it kind of reminded me of a story of someone else that kind of had a similar um like experience of adopting like behaviors from your parents Mm -hmm. so i had a co-worker um from a previous job and i'm still keeping anonymous but he's basically just talking about how much trust issues his dad had like his dad was so like so what he used to do is that like i think it was like every like monday wednesday and friday he would put like a feather on top of the door and like you know if the feather moved when he walked in mm-hmm. i mean someone was inside the house mm-hmm. and like it was like literally he and the thing is like this guy was ugandan right so like he, he was always at risk of just dying like mm-hmm. shit wasn't always going well so he yeah. always was at risk so he's always on like crisis mode right yeah and so and that was one thing i noticed about the guy himself that he himself also had like mad trust issues, trust issues. like yeah, yeah. a lot of times he would like he would get upset with me because like I, I don't know i would ask him to do like little things and he would think like i'm trying to sabotage him mm-hmm. and i also didn't appreciate it but also can understand why you know like, he is yo, the way he it. is yeah. but at the same time he was telling me a story about how like um there was like a woman that was coming to like he was like oh like you like you abused my friend right and so he was like what like i was home all day today and yesterday right and she was saying like no like you attacked my friend yesterday right and she was like, you know, accusing, right? And like, mm-hmm. like come inside, like when he talked to like, you know, the, the authorities, whatever, but like there was no authorities. And like, he looked outside and he saw there was a car with uh, like four doors mm-hmm. um, and the back doors were open, right? And he was like, that doesn't make any sense, right? And so he refused to step outside. And like this this woman was like, no, you guys step outside. Right? Like, he's like, no, call the police, have them come over here. I'll be happy to explain, right? And like, uh, we, he was like, even saying how like oh the landlords have cameras like they can look into it and like and obviously that was his like his trust is just coming in right where he mm-hmm. just like did not trust this stranger he's never yeah, met yeah. right and then like when he talked to the landlord the landlord was like oh yeah like if you see the cameras there was like two dudes like on the side of the door like because she was like at the door and he was like right yeah. here and the door had like bats on them damn and damn. so like one of the things he was like talking about is like you know like obviously the trust issues you know probably is, is pretty shitty because like it, it prevents you from really yeah. um forming those intimate relationships but at the same time like he would have been dead if he wasn't in that crisis mode yeah. yeah 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 so one of the things like you know it's it is a little depressing where it's like you know um like talking to this guy like i would say like he's uh he's been through a lot and a lot of times like he, this guy picks fights all the fucking time like this guy's like mm-hmm. always just like mean like he always thinks people are always out to get him like but at the same time like it's one of those things where it's like you know he probably is like that because of what his father went through mm-hmm. right and it's a little sad because like you know if you're someone who grew up in like a quote-unquote third world country where like, you know things are not always you know yeah like you can't like we can just come home and like play league of legends like that's the shit that's a privilege that we yeah, kind of yeah. have as people right so we don't really have to live in that crisis mode but like our parents probably didn't have that that luxury you know what i mean yeah it's mm-hmm. so, like for example like my mother is very um very inattentive with like cleanliness right yeah, yeah and at first growing up i didn't understand i was like yo just close my door like i was so upset um then again i have to understand that she was a woman growing up in mexico right and so she had to be a, a good housewife right yeah so she was if she was dirty or neat she's a bad woman and obviously like and i'm not gonna go into my mother's story but obviously like you know she's very estranged for her family right yeah and you know she left that environment when things are messy, it bothers her a lot to the point where she's yelling and screaming, right? I don't mm-hmm. appreciate it. And a lot of times, like, we get in arguments and obviously, but then at the same time, I can understand why she 
believes yeah. the way she believes, right? No, for sure. And so, but and even I noticed myself, like you know, even with me and Karen, like I'm I'm a lot more organized. But then again, like because I know of what my mother went through, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not gonna make sure I'm not projecting that on Karen. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm a lot more organized than her. There's no shade of Karen, you know, lover. But the girl sometimes messy. Sometimes, um, I will never judge her because I'm like, yo, like I also realize that like <laughs> I wish I could have let my room be messy for once. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I wish that like yo, like I could just leave. Like literally a knife on the sink without it being a problem, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so no, I, I, I and like that. it's one of those things where it's like you know I could I could criticize my mom all, like all I want, but at the end of the day, like if I grew up in her shoes in her situation, I, I probably would have been the same. Do yeah, the same, yeah. the same way, you know what I mean? You know what and like I mean? yeah. and again, like this is kind of tying back into forgiveness and the trauma episodes we went into, but it's one of those things where it's like, yo, like when you really analyze like you know your parents, you kind of realize like holy shit, like we are a product of this society that molds us mm-hmm. like you know yeah 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 or he, she's just a cancer you know no. or a Libra, <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah. she's a she's a Taurus. So. yeah, yeah. But you, like yeah like how do you guys feel about it like do you guys have any like similar situations um, yeah I, I my mom is the same way like uh so my mom my mom grew up in like my mom grew up in like the boonies in the philippines um and i've, I've been like me lawrence kayla have all been back to her place and it's like dude it's it's a pig farm it's a legitimate pig farm like i I I will tell the boonie story one time on the podcast, but <laughs> now it's just it's not the time <laughs> the to tell boonie the boonie story. story. <laughs> the boonie story. Um, but, um, um, but anyways, long story short, the boonie story is that I went back to my mom's, um, like I went mo- back to my mom's like home in the Philippines, and she lives in like she lives on like a legit like the rural the ruralist areas of the Philippines, mm-hmm. and so like we literally own a pig farm. And um, like seeing her home, like I understand why she's so clean because it's like it's dirty everywhere there. Like like she sleeps, she sleeps on the ground. There's no running water. Like there's not even like a an actual bathroom. Like I was so traumatized going back there. Like so like when when my mom is like trying to keep a clean like house and like stuff like that, she gets really angry. She wants the other dishes put away. She wants like this and that. She wants a room clean. Like I understand why because it's like if you live in that kind of like filthy environment you're going to be like kind of traumatized because of that. You know? Yeah. And also like, it doesn't help if people are like, you know, almost like slushing me for being dirty. You know? yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's like when people are fucking making fun of you for being poor, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it traumatizes yeah, it's, the hell out of you. It's one of those things. Yeah. 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 Um, my dad is like, I don't know. My dad is a little bit of the, is a little bit more different. I think, um, uh, I think as of more recently, um, it's not necessarily like a bad thing, but I definitely find it very funny. Um, so like my family is a very drug open family mm-hmm. for the most part. Like we we definitely all do partake in our, our share of like recreational activities. Yeah, like Advil um, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's going on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> uh, multivitamins. Uh-huh. Um, but some gummies, <laughs> but yeah, uh, flowers. So we we definitely partake in like a lot of flower, and uh, and I think because the main reason is that is because my dad was very very open with it. Like, yeah. um, especially when I got into high school, he just started to become very open with it. My mom was like the straight, complete opposite. She was super straight edge. Like she was just like, uh, no drinking, no drugs, no nothing. Yeah. Where my dad was like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking become a day alcoholic <laughs> yeah, smoke and smoke all the weed all the time, <laughs> and like. And I think that's the reason why my family is very, very open in terms of like that. Like we're a very, I guess, quote unquote, drug friendly family just because mm-hmm. like of how open my dad was with it. Um, and I think like 
um that's also like that's kind of like a positive uh positive influence quote unquote positive <laughs> um but like it, it's it's cool to see like the environment that they create and how it affects like us going forward so like myself like i'm a very very just like like low-key like i'm kind of a slob sometimes like i just look into my room and it's just a fucking tornado right um but then you kind of see like lawrence and like kayla and they're a little bit more organized than i am and i think it's just it goes to show like how much of my mom rubs off on each of us and like how much of our dad rubs off on each of us and how like big of a quote-unquote drug addicts we are you know what i mean so like um it's it's definitely cool to see that behavior and those kind of things just kind of bleed into us so we definitely learn from them for sure well the thing is like even because i just as a warning like ronald's not a drug addicted no person. no i'm not i'm not I'm but not, like if you like, were like i think it would suck if your parents were to shame you because like yeah that's one of the biggest things that people make mistakes of is that a lot of times when you look at people who are on drugs they usually shame them. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, that's not, that's not helping. Like if you're trying to help someone with like an alcoholic problem, like, yeah, you don't shame them. Like call them a sinner is not going to, yeah, not yeah. going to help them. You know what I mean? Like, shame. Shame. Like, yeah. Yeah. But. yeah. yeah you try to understand like where, where it comes from. It maybe it comes from, you know, intergenerational trauma. I just recently learned like, you know how, um, this might be kind of factually incorrect, but in, in Calgary, there's a stigma that a lot of the homeless population are natives natives right yeah yeah and um since i think june was uh indigenous history month or something yes and um at work we had a lot um a bunch of resources that, that you can read up on 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 indigenous history and and what actually happened and, actually talk about and the legacy of like residential schools and stuff we had a really interesting speaker who was actually uh his his siblings went to residential schools but he dodged it or like he was able to yeah, he's not go um and yeah he was just talking about like you know these people who are on the streets right now who are like homeless drug addicts they didn't have parents that knew how to parent like they they probably went to residential schools or their parents went to residential schools and you know coming out of that um all they all they knew how to do was you know survive mm -hmm. and they didn't know they didn't have the luxury of you know having a house or you know having a job having an income able to support a family all you know how to do is survive so and I, I i think a lot of our you know parents not to the same extent but kind of have a similar um similar story where you know they immigrated here probably had to start from nothing because the immigration system kind of sucks where you know international education is not as recognized mm -hmm. and they have to start from nothing um so all these like negative traits, like, you know, um, like tiger parenting and like making like sure you have academic success and like that's the most important thing is a product of that. Like, I think we talked about in before episodes about like how they were just on survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't I, have I think maybe it was the first episode actually. One of the yeah, first maybe, episodes. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's de def definitely has a, has a factor. And I, I think how like our parents came to be mm -hmm. and, um, I think the challenge is like, you know, we we have the luxury or a, a lot of like the younger generation has the luxury of like learning about this stuff and not being in survival mode and, you know, making sure like we do the best for like the future generations if we choose to have children, mm -hmm. um, making sure we learn from like the past. Yeah. and our parents and yeah all the stuff that happened. Yeah, definitely yeah. learning vicariously. Like, I think that's a privilege that we, we have. Yeah. Like, yeah, like. 
it sucks that they had to go through what they had to go through, but it's through their suffering we learn vicariously. Yeah. And so we don't make the same mistakes, which is like a bittersweet kind of like yeah, moment, moment mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um cool. Uh so consider oh, I guess this is a kind of the same similar question, but we are people of melanin. Um oh. people of color, I don't know, like at this point, whatever semantic <laughs> you want to use. <laughs> um, is there something that maybe you've noticed in a household that maybe you don't appreciate? Um, that like maybe it affects your siblings as well. Oh, like yep. Uh, I can go with this one. I can go with this one. But I think this has like been a common theme. And I'm sorry, family, but um, this is like a com- very, very common theme with us is that we don't talk about our feelings or we handle mental health very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so me and my sister, we we suffer from like actual clinical depression. So like we've gone to a doctor, we've gotten, gotten diagnosed, and we like we've we've both taken medicine for it. And the thing is, is like. It took us a very long time to come to the conclusion for both of us because, um, first of all, my dad didn't really understand the concept of mental health. Like he was just like, "Oh, are you sad? Like then just be happy." Like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, like 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 my you dad, have a choice. Yeah, yeah, like my like my dad's like little mantra of life is like, "If you're sad, just smoke a bowl, and then you'll be fine the next day." Right? Like that's and obviously if that's how he copes, then that's how he copes, right? It's and like a with, distraction. You yeah, know. yeah. And then with my mom, she's just like, "Mental health doesn't exist because <laughs> I don't believe it exists." Right? <laughs> and like, and it's like COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, yeah. It could, and, oh and like um i've never really sat down and talked to her about it like why she believes that because honestly like i just think that like she's just gone through so much like trauma in her life and she's gone through so much hardship that she just doesn't realize that she's actually like damaged and she has like a lot of mental health problems and she just doesn't want to address it because she's like yeah i'm a totally normal person if i'm not labeled as a normal person i don't have value right mm-hmm. yeah and that's probably what she thinks um, just because you know Filipino pride and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Also, we're very prideful as people. I just don't fucking understand. But anyways, um, going back to that, I just think that like, especially in my household, we just don't believe in mental health. Like, especially more so my parents. Like, they just don't address it. Like, if we're like, oh, like we went to the doctor and they said we have something called depression, they'd be like, okay, cool. Like, just be happy then. I don't, I don't understand. Like, yeah. Like, and it's just like a little bit more than that, right? Like. Um, especially when my sister was kind of going through it and she was going to get help and she really wanted my mom to be there with her in those sessions because she, because like, you know, the therapist recommended that she come and then like she worked with both of them so that they could kind of get through whatever problems they were going through. But my mom was like, oh, I don't need to go to like the therapist because I'm okay. Like I'm not sick. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it's like, but you should be there for Kayla at the very least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like something about your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. But then she was like, oh, okay, well, if she's not healthy, then like, she just should just go to the doctor by herself. Like, she, I don't, she doesn't need my help. Like the doctor's going to fix her type stuff. Right. Yeah. But it's like, it, 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 it's a little bit different because you are part of the problem. Right. So like you, you kind of have to like, keep going through it. And also um, helps her understand. Yeah. Yeah. Understand and, and the mother. D- dynamic. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really hard for me to get my parents to come around to really understanding this whole mental health thing. I think my dad's a little bit more understanding now because he's like, I wonder why my kids are smoking so much weed now. (laughs) And so like, (laughs) (laughs) oh no, I fucked up. (laughs) Um, or like, oh, like why are my, why are my kids constantly going to a therapist? Maybe I should try to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. 
um and like not talking about our feelings i think the first i think i talked about this in an earlier episode but like the first time i ever saw my dad cry was i wasn't even it wasn't until like my 20s mm-hmm. like i wasn't i wasn't until like super old like till i saw my dad cry and actually talking about feelings where he was like he was like yeah I fucked up kuya like this is what i did and i was like damn like dad like you're you're bawling. Like, I've never seen you ball in front of me like that. Before. Damn, you did fucked up. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting damn. It's like, damn, bro. Like, you um, fucked up. And, 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 and it's like, I think that's like crazy because we just never, like, me, I'm a very emotionally driven person. And so I'll be always be very vulnerable with my friends. Like, I won't be afraid to cry in front of them and stuff like that. But for like some of my siblings, like, especially Lawrence, like, I don't think I've ever seen him cry. Like, I don't I don't I don't see him cry often like this guy seems to cry like a little bitch all the time but um I think that we like try to repress a lot of our feelings right. actively because we're just told not to talk about them emotional expression like, yeah. yeah it's just like it's just like suck it up and be happy you know what I mean like that's that's literally the the motto of this house it's like if you're sad you suck it up yeah. and be happy yeah and that's and that's it because like we're a normal family we don't have problems but the thing is, we do have problems. We just don't address them. Yeah, I think we also maybe it's the concept of like not wanting to admit that there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah, hard. Yeah. And, and not, that's not even like a parent thing. You know, it's the, like I've seen a lot of people do that to themselves. Like everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, just the idea of like a vulnerability. Uh-huh. Like you know, it 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 makes you seem weak. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. whether that's a toxic masculinity thing or just a, a thing in general. Just a thing in general. Like I, I find that in like in any subgroup, I notice that just the idea of being vulnerable is very taboo yeah mm-hmm. yeah i feel i i feel like i guess this bleeds into the next question but like there's a lot of repression that goes on especially in, in or the, that definitely like my like my family or like any, any immigrant family and if if feelings ever do come out it comes out as anger yeah like yelling and like fighting and like not physical fighting but like yeah like like yelling and stuff and and i i feel like it's kind of unhealthy because like you're probably supposed to be the the first ones there for you right but oftentimes with with some of these problems you don't go to them first or Mm -hmm. that that i guess like uh, at least from my experience like i i don't have that relationship with my family that i I go to them first and um that's 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 kind of sad but like at the same time it's it's um it's what uh it's kind of like the relationship we built where it's kind of like you know um we're here to provide for you like in terms of like shelter and like food and and all the necessities and stuff and then like and then yeah like you kind of like <laughs> bring the money or whatever the fuck yeah, yeah, <laughs> i don't know yeah, yeah. You get good. but going back to the the other question where it, uh it was like uh, oh right here so uh have you ever struggled with repression talking about your feelings with or the the oh it's like common behavior oh so common behaviors you notice in your household yeah like other than like repression and like all, all that stuff like toxic filipino culture is one that we put there oh. um so one 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 that i notice is like you know is is common like a lot of people know about this, but like wh- when you um, you feel like you can never like please your parents. So, for example, if they call you oh, fat, never, you never. lose weight, right? Like you lose weight and then like you go to the gym, you eat healthier and then like, oh, you look so skinny now. Like you should uh, you should gain some weight. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, you- <laughs> 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 Two months ago, you just called me fat. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. And I'm just yeah, it's just like it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating because like like what do you want me to do? Like and um, 
every every little thing like uh like if you get a if you get a bad haircut they'll like roast you for like so so um just to add on to this like there's a little funny story so um uh recently like so i i didn't start getting i didn't start gaining weight um for like two uh, until like the most recent like two years right yeah. like um I, I actually gained a lot of weight during covid but um before i used to be like super super skinny like a stick and everyone was like oh photo. yeah <laughs> like let's just Bam, this is this is this is skinny kuya boom um pure energy yeah, kuya. Yeah, yeah. pure energy kuya and um i'm like and, and and my my um my relatives would always tell me oh like kuya you're looking kind of thin like you should just start she's eating more you know what i mean and and i was like i was like i was like no no i like i like being skinny like this is me and like no i'm like starving myself low-key um and then like covid happened and like i just like combined with like metabolism slowing down and doing less cardio and, and doing less cardio and like not working out and eating fast mm -hmm. food and mm -hmm. like serve is like kind of hitting fat mm -hmm. um i started to gain a lot of weight mm -hmm. and then like and then and then the same relatives were like Man, I miss the old Kuya. Like I'm, I miss like skinny. I miss skinny Kuya, and I'm like skinny what? legend. Like like you guys were literally telling me to gain weight, and then like I started losing weight again and like getting buff, and then they're like, and I started going to the gym and started gaining a little muscle, and then they're like, oh, like I still miss skinny Kuya, and I'm like, I cannot please you people. Like yeah. what's wrong? Also, with that's me? a high school body. You will never, and I, that's and I know a lot of people struggle with this with like the whole like body dysmorphia and shit, but yeah, you will never get a high school body because you were underdeveloped. You're literally an Legit. underdeveloped human species like you're not going to be that thin and that small because no. you're literally your balls haven't dropped yeah. <laughs> not actually but you know yeah <laughs> and it goes back to that helicopter parenting thing where you're like anything you do is like scrutinized yeah so you feel like what what can i do that won't be like i i, I know you um, can cuss your parents out <laughs> I, I, you. I was this this is big with my sister because she she's like she she's changed her hair color like twice in the past year <laughs> oh that's like that's like that's like that that's like death for filipinos man they're like yeah. why you change your hair color so much are you a barbie and, 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 and like, like and like we're both considering like getting tattoos and we're like oh how are we gonna how are we gonna worry yeah oh yeah that was the same thing like i remember um i don't have my nose piercing in right now because it fell out but when i first got my nose piercing my mom was like my mom was like you look so ugly i'm like i'm like what's wrong with you like because <laughs> i got a news piercing like what's... and then i was like i was like you know what mom i might get my eyebrow pierced and she's like and she's like i will disown you if you get an eyebrow piercing <laughs> and then like same thing when lawrence came home with his like tattoo like we're gonna pop up a picture of lawrence's tattoo oh, no, right like, here like, bam uh, yeah so yeah, sorry yeah yeah uh, so get, get in here get in here get in here yeah 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 Yo, just come in, man. Just yeah, come in. Just come in. Like, just, just speak um, your story really quick. So, dead ass, like, uh, in the morning. Speak it to the mic. I, I don't. Sit your ass down. I knew my tattoo was, uh, my appointment was, like, uh, like, in the afternoon. Did you get a trap stamp? What was it? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Uh, and, yeah and, we'll, we'll pop a picture up of Lord's yeah. tattoo. And she was like, um, I was like, oh, mom, uh, how'd you feel if I got, like, a tattoo, like, along my forearm? She's like, oh, that'd be pretty nice. Like, is it going to be big? And I was like, oh. Yeah, she said me about that, but she's like, okay. I like I leave and I come back and she's like, Mom, look, isn't this cool? And she's like, Wow, I didn't think you'd do it. So I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's my story. So And you know, and you know what she told me after? She's like, I can't believe Lawrence would get a tattoo of a sword. Like, what like this guy's so weird. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like Bro, 
Like, what's that called? My dad has our birthdays on the back. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like as a parent, like, I kind of would want to do the same thing where I would, like, roast my kids. But the, the thing is, like, it feels like they're being serious. Like, you know, the throwing shade and roasting. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah. So. And, and it feels like they're always just throwing shade without, like, because cause also the thing is another, like, toxic trait about parents. I don't know if, like, you guys ever experienced it. They never apologize, bro. Oh, no. But they, they, they show it in, like, different ways. Like, for example, bringing you cut fruit or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cookie this, food. The, the cookie food. The food. But yeah, they'll never talk to you. Yeah, they'll never talk to you. They'll just like throw shade and then expect you to like take it, right? But yeah, that's talk. Yeah, toxic Filipino culture. And like one, one more thing is like comparing children or like oh. literally when when people visit our house and like you know they're they're all civil and stuff, right? The moment they leave, oh, it's, it's talk it's, shit. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, your brother or your sister. Yeah. Like, them yeah yeah fuck yeah. them yeah or like it's kind of crazy too because uh you know well i've stated this before especially in the relationship episode that i am the most single out of like all of us so, um and um like at one point my parents are like because it's like if you if you don't date someone or like you you just don't like see someone for a long time they, they just gay. assume you turn gay like oh like, yeah it's yeah like, it's like, literally like my parents are like like Korea, you hang out with the boys more than the girls. <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with that? And then and my mom was like, my mom was like whispering, like as I'm going back downstairs into my room, like my mom's whispering to my sister, like, is Korea gay? Does like, is is he dating Vince? Like I remember, I remember my mom. Oh, yeah, I, I, that. yeah, she's like, she's like, is she dating Vince? And my dad's like, my dad's like, no, he's not dating Vince. Are you dating Vince, Korea? <laughs> Me and I was, like, I was like, no, dad. He she he has a girlfriend and I'm not gay. And then it's just like she's like, okay, what about Ziad? And I'm like, he has a girlfriend too. Like your dad was basically like, you get no bitches. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what he told you. I was like, oh brother. That's yeah. I, I remember, yeah, like when my parents thought I was gay, because like when I got into dancing, I was like, oh, like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. dancing, yeah, bro. That's a whole nother Yeah, that didn't help like, a lot. Cause oh, like man. so it was kind of weird because like, I mean, honestly, like you guys being Filipinos, like, I'm pretty sure you all like, watch, like, America's Best Dance Crew, and you probably all, yeah, like, yeah, Quest Crew! Yeah! Yeah, Quest Crew. <laughs> uh, but, like, it was weird, because my dad's side of family, they were into, like, uh, boxing, basketball, really into soccer, like, such a Hispanic thing. Yeah. Uh, and my mom's side, like, they did gym- gymnastics and, like, poetry and writing. Mm-hmm. No one was really into dancing. That wasn't really a thing. So I was yeah. definitely, like, my mom was, like... He likes dick. And like she obviously got like, you know, concerned, right? And I remember my mom like was like panicking, right? And honestly, like a lot of people might be like, oh, your mom's homophobic, like, you know, and like understand that she lived in a society where that was like taboo. Like, yeah. It wasn't malicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the things. Cause I remember one of the things my mom got like asked me and she like we got in a huge argument. She was like, you know, I'm just worried about you. Like, what if like your friends like don't like accept you for being gay? And then I was like, well, fuck them then. Okay. Like, you know, I would suck their dick and walk away. Like, and like, and <laughs> And like, oh, just keep in mind that like um, my family dynamic uh, dynamics a little different. Like uh, we're very assertive. Like my mom is a very assertive woman, a very assertive like Latina woman. Like mm-hmm. you know, and you can stereotype her all you want, but um, if there's things that like she didn't agree with, she would really put her foot down. Like I remember at, at our church, and I I I can I can only understand that from the environment that she lived in because like she was always being shamed, right? Mm-hmm. So nothing was enough to please people. So every time she was shamed, she would like call them out and make fun of them so like when it comes to the whole like because you guys probably have to deal with that 
And like, yeah. if you were to call your uncle or your auntie about something, your parents would give you shit. Yeah. yeah. However, like if my mom called, like saw me calling out my auntie and uncle, she would be upset, but she would also talk shit about my uncle and aunt. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. She like, and it was quite nice. Cause that was one thing I was very appreciated on my mom that she knew that the society she was living was wrong and she didn't agree with it. Right. So anyway, at church, she got like, got like short hair and like the woman like the woman in the church were just like oh, that's not very womanly of you yeah you know yeah, like, have shorter yeah they were just yeah. like like shaming her and like my mom was obviously very sad about that and i was like oh fuck but like you know she just called him out like you know anyway like that whole assertiveness i definitely have took into my life so when it comes to like dealing with like uh like relatives or like uncles or aunties who like have certain beliefs like a lot of times i'm like not really scared to confront them I become I become a white kid if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So there was this like friend who uh of like my dad who was like he's not really family but like basically hosted he was a pastor, right? And he got upset at me that I wasn't speaking Spanish um to him and like I just don't really practice my native tongue cuz like a lot of my friends are English speakers mm-hmm. and like a lot of times I just never had the chance to really practice Spanish so obviously mm-hmm. you lose it, right? Um and he was upset that I wasn't like I know you know Spanish like I don't I don't know Spanish, right? Like you have to speak Spanish, you have this one elder and I told him to suck my dick. I got very upset, right? But at the same time, after he left, like, it was, like, you know, that that dude was literally, like, you know, talking shit about his wife. Like, you know, he wasn't the most <laughs> kindest person, right? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, like, when it comes to, like, those behaviors, like, I noticed that that assertiveness, and I, I can get very confrontational. I think I talked about in the past, so, like, I'm not always happy about myself when I am like that. Yeah. But it has come, and I'm kind of answering all the questions as we go on, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, I'm very comfortable confronting my parents, like, like a white kid, if that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's one of those things that has been a a a double-ended sword because like um when i walk into karen's family like a filipino household like you know sometimes um and um, like if karen watches holy shit sorry baby but sometimes like you know our family would come in and like just do something very unreasonable i was like why don't you just cuss your mom out <laughs> like <laughs> hey but like hey, then, yeah. then i understand that like if she does that it's disrespectful yeah. and it's, like it, it's just it doesn't just affect the relation between them but it affects the whole like dynamic yeah. right like people don't have that choice to set boundaries right mm-hmm. it's very easy to tell a motherfucker like oh well, you should set boundaries you should be doing this but like like sometimes they don't have the environment that actually teaches that behavior no. you know what i mean and so it's one of those things where it's like um instead of like being assertive she would figure out ways to mediate conflict and that was one thing i was like kind of learned especially like my degree of like psychology where the idea of like human beings adopt certain behaviors to adapt to the situation right like for example, if like a if a man was like hitting on a woman, right, and like the woman was like, and he would not stop, you would you would use an assertive behavior, and I, was, I would argue yeah. that's justified. Like you know, fuck off, like get away from yeah. me, right? And like you know, the man would probably like, oh you're a bitch or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But like I was like, no, she's not in the wrong. Like I think she's in the right. But at the same time, like if you're entering an argument and you're just yelling at each other, like you're using that assertive behavior. But is that a behavior that's required yeah. to solve that conflict? And so like. A lot of things you guys are saying that something that I do relate, but I think one of the advantages I had, one of the privileges, is that because I was so used to being like a little more confrontational, mm-hmm. um, like me and my mom were able to come to um, like a, a solution to handle things, yeah. right? Yeah. Like obviously, I'm very clean, not because like um, it bothers, like cleanliness doesn't bother me, but because I adopted those habits to really make my mom happy. But at the same time, I kind of expected like, hey, like when you come out from work and you have a bad day, I don't appreciate you yelling at me, like yeah, you know. Really. And so that was the agreement we made where it's like, I will clean the shit like after myself, but like, I just like, if I miss a day, which I will, because my mental health is also sucks. Like, I just need to be a little more understanding that like, Hey, like I, I might've missed a day of, of cleaning the dishes because I was having a bad day. Right. Mm-hmm. And like going forward. And that was like, that was, that didn't happen one night. That was like constant argument that we constantly had all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, like eventually that was a conversation that we actually able to solve. 
the thing is, I know that that's not a story that everyone can relate to. That's yeah. just something that like I had to like I experienced because I was so used to just being like, no, this is not okay. I don't give a fuck. Nope, that's not acceptable, right? Yeah. And because the thing is, like, I don't appreciate a lot of times my mom is like, and like you know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to antagonize her, but she would yell at the top of her lungs like at the telenovela. Like it's it's pretty, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah, ugly. Yeah, but at the same time, sure. I can understand why she is the way she is, right? Mm. And I kind of wanted to like talk about that because about the next question, like how much do you think you can do to break the cycle of intergenerational trauma? Because like, sure, you it's like when you see those like uh, those graphics where it's like, oh, like it's a, the grandparent yelling at the parent and the parent yelling at the child, right? And that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. But do you think you have enough social influence to influence your parents as well? Mm-hmm. Have you seen your parents improve as they, as you get older yeah. or they, you know? I, I definitely think that it, it leading into to answer this next question um, to like really it's almost like sometimes you have to parent your parents sometimes when it comes to those things. And um, like, I think I've had a, I think me, my brother and my sister just collectively have had a lot of success, like reteaching a lot of my parents about like, kind of like more about first world problems um, because they know all about third world problems. They know all about like how to meet their basic needs. But as soon as it comes to like psychological, psychological like needs needs and stuff like that, like how to be like, uh, like, it's, like, the thing with my dad is, like, he just, he, every time he speaks sometimes, like, especially before, like, every time he speaks, he just came off as an asshole. Like, he just, like, the way that he would speak, like, the way that he would use his words, like, obviously, like, we kind of, like, um, weave our way through social convention, and we we can use flowery words or more harsher words, um, and, and, and say things in a way that um, we can kind of, like, um, uh, communicate it a little bit better. Whereas, like, my dad is, like, this is the Filipino word that this Filipino word means this in English. So I'm just going to use this word. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes I'll just come across as very harsh, very like angry, very just, you know, and it's just, and, and then sometimes I would have to be like, yo dad, like language doesn't really like that. that. Like, you know I mean? like for example, yeah. so not to interrupt you, but like our word for Spanish black sounds a lot like the N word. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, when yeah, like yeah, when yeah. my dad was like speaking Spanish, <laughs> it says the word black. I'm like, yo, I understand. Like, like in Mexico, yeah. I would say that's socially acceptable. You know, say it as you want, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would I usually like like yo dad just like <laughs> careful yeah. when you say the word black in Spanish because around here it just doesn't it's just not the same because yeah. yeah they're gonna think that you're but yeah, yeah. anyway go on like like, like, like uh, obviously policing those like habits and like common behaviors but also making them understand like the value of like mental health and stuff like that like yeah. when my sister is having a tough day like I would have to go up to my dad and be like yo dad like be a little bit nicer to her today just because i know she's having a really really shitty day yeah. like do not like just make her mad and he's like and and then, then i have to like kind of explain like you know when mom's like kind of going through it like you, you need to treat kayla like that and yeah. he's like he's like oh why um, <laughs> and i'm like i'm like because like she's just feeling this way but he's like he's like but i treated her like that yesterday and i'm like well like it, it's not it's not just a day thing it's, like, like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a whole like ongoing week, month like it's an ongoing thing so like don't bring up things like she's very sensitive about and and, and then he's like but he'll be like but but like it's bothering me like i want to bring it up but i'm like it's, it's not about you don't it's, it's not about i can you. totally i can totally yeah. see him yeah yeah exactly like like i remember one time um my mom at so my what when like i think as of like last like this year their relationship's gone a lot better my mom and my sister but like the last couple of years you know like teenage angst kind of takes over yeah. and like you know it, it gets yeah. rocky you know yeah what i mean um, and you argue with your parents a lot. Oh, also, side note, I, it just came back to me. Um, I do think that teenage angst is very important. Like, and, and, it, and it's, uh, 
it's it's in it's it's an essential stage for kind of teenagers to go through to like go through kind of the rebellious phase and, and, and it's like, a biological thing know? like yeah. a lot of teenagers have that uh it's like a, like they start to have a challenge authority like it's mm-hmm. a very yeah. normal human thing yeah, yeah. and so like you know a lot of people say like oh i'll be my kids can be obedient but the thing is like you're just delaying it yeah because mm-hmm. like, like no matter how you raise your kid your kid will challenge you yeah. no matter what your yeah, sense yeah, yeah, is yeah. right so i think it's like easier to do it like in the teenage years because they kind of get it all about out of their system and then they become like better well-functioning results because they know what it's like to challenge authority they know what it's like to kind of like be more assertive and stand up for themselves mm-hmm. whereas like if you do it in like your 20s 21 22 like in your mid-20s it's a lot you, harder it's a lot harder because like that's when the real life shit happens you yeah know what I mean? so exactly. like if you do it now when it's like oh like i just want to go out and like party like i just want to go see my friends um it, it's a little less damaging than oh like something serious about your job or something serious about like a relationship you know um and, and that's that doesn't have as much magnitude for your future if that makes sense yeah that's but great. yeah that's my thing on teenage angst like i, I just really want to state like um a lot of asian parents just don't understand teenage angst and they don't understand like the rebellious phase they just they're just like no cut that shit out yeah. and it's like they'll, but, be, they'll beat it out of you yeah like it's just it's, it's just very <laughs> no, important for real, for real. yeah it's, it's just very important to go through that so that you kind of like develop a little bit better later on and i think that's also part of intergenerational trauma like suppressing like almost biological things that like need to happen mm-hmm. yeah, they're learning to sign up for themselves which like is a very normal thing because mm-hmm. like i'm all about like helping one another but at the same time i think everyone should have that self-sufficiency of being able to sign up for themselves here and there at least in some kind yeah. of capacity yeah yeah and if you like suppress that from a child like you fuck him up like, like again we're talking about with the bosses and authority figures mm-hmm. like when you, when like you go to another like authority figure like you tend to if, for a kid who was like silenced as a kid mm-hmm. they're obedient they're well-behaved kid but now when with their adults and like you know with like you know bosses or anything yeah. they if their boss is being an asshole, they just take it. They just take yeah. it. Just take and, it. And and going back to that, actually, like challenging authority figures. And if if you're at your job, for example, and you don't know what you're worth, right? Because because your your boss says, okay, you're gonna get paid this. You're gonna get these hours. You're gonna do this work. And these nuts. And, <laughs> and you're gonna get these nuts. <laughs> and you hold this. <laughs> and and then like. You know that that person is gonna be like, oh, but you know, I don't really like doing this work, or I deserve to get paid more, or something. But they're afraid to go to their yeah. their boss to say like, hey, you know, this is this is what I deserve. Pay attention you to your it. wife friends; they're really good at just like, nah, I'm yeah. not accepting that. Like, yeah, because no, no, actually, because <laughs> because that could really hold you back, right? Like, if if you're if you really feel like you deserve a promotion, or you deserve like more pay, or you deserve like fucking more vacation or like more hours if you want to work more and your boss not giving that to you but you're just accepting it because you're afraid of an authority figure like cracking down on you then you're not really gonna be advancing in life as much as you potentially could Mm -hmm. because you never went through that challenging authority phase Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah. and i think a lot of parents i don't know if it comes from like insecurities or or like something about you know all my my, culture yeah my my oh my kids are not like being obedient like am i doing something wrong as a parent no it's just like it's just something that kids have to go through you know like Mm -hmm, something kids have to learn no of course yeah um but yeah yeah that was a that was a good like tangent on teenage days but uh, anyways back to the story uh so my, my mom and my so my mom and my sister just had a rocky relationship they would always argue and stuff like that my sister was going through teenage angst and 
my dad would always be like i'd always have to like be like dad like don't bring it up like don't <laughs> don't ask kayla like it's only been like two hours like don't ask her about it because like like before like when i was in home he'd go upstairs and be like what the hell was that kayla and then she started yelling at him and then they'd start yeah then my dad would start yelling at kayla and then like it just gets even worse yeah. and like and i'm like i'm like dad like it doesn't matter like i know you can get over it in like an hour but kayla's just going through something like she's literally like having mental problems and he's like he's like oh do we need to take her to a doctor and i'm like yeah like if she needs it but like, like also at the space. same time like give her space you know yeah. and he's like oh like how much time do i need to give her and i'm like i'm <laughs> like, I'm, out, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like dad like he puts a timer like, on <laughs> like, yeah like, like all right i'm just, waiting like, like, like i was like i was like you know what like just just leave her alone and he's like and he's like but like but like, I want to talk to her and I'm like, okay, but like, wait, like if you want to talk to her, just don't talk to her about it's it. It's not but about like, you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. He's, like, he's like, I want to talk to her about it. And I'm like, I want to fix it. Don't please. Yeah. yeah exactly. the, and I think a lot, and I, that's when I kind of, also, I think I, I feel like I will, I don't know if you guys have this idea of like trying to fix a yeah. problem yeah, right away. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes like, uh, like I, and something that like, was a camera something, but like a friend group yesterday, like, or like her friend sometimes does it too. So it's not just me, but like. What I would do is like if someone having a problem, I'm like, oh, like let's talk about it, and they don't want to talk mm-hmm, about it, but I'm like mm-hmm. pressuring them, right? Yeah. But sometimes like they are so exhausted from having to experience it that they don't want to unload what they're going through. So like, yeah. they they do need a distraction. Like of course, like you know, you don't always just distract yourself from your problems, but there's times where it's like, yo, like it's too exhausting to have to like fix things going mm-hmm. on because it's so unbearable like i just need a time where I, it's just a pause yeah like uh, where it's not always like um something to be fixed like mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to hang out with some friends or sometimes you really maybe need to be left alone like whatever you need like it doesn't always have to be like a like a problem solving thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, and it's like like going back to the question of like uh like breaking that cycle of intergenerational trauma like i know like knowing that like well how my parents treated me i would never like i always tell myself like i would never treat my kids like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean oh in a sense of like mental health like i think uh, my parents did instill a lot of like good values in me um for like for my future parenting skills but i also know like what i really didn't like and how it felt mm-hmm. um when they treated me like that and um i think that's like i think that's also very important but one of the biggest things is like when I would parent my parents is like I one day I realized like man I'm actually like low key kind of lecturing my parents on some of the stuff that like we're talking about like um especially like mental health or like especially it, like the biggest one is like how to deal with like what my sister's going through or what I'm going through or what Lawrence is going through sometimes and how to explain it to them in a little bit more digestible and like being able to like sit down and be like okay this is what you did wrong and this is what you need to do but then they'll be like oh but like that's not the way I did it but I'm like is it did it get better right yeah. like if you do it my way it's gonna get better yeah. and i just know because i understand it a little bit better than you do and sometimes like they just don't understand that like there are there are some topics that like you understand a lot more like especially when it comes to like modern science man my mom just <laughs> reads something on yahoo and she's like yeah, uh, yeah this is true facebook? and i'm like no it's not <laughs> the <laughs> like, facebook <stop>. doctors <laughs> oh. trust me <laughs> nine out of ten dentists say that yeah. this is bad rub yeah. this ointment on your skin to cure covid big vapor rub in general will cure all your yeah. sickness yeah. <laughs> yeah like like my mama like what's funny is that like so my brother's in finance and uh 
um he knows a lot about stocks and stuff like that he's just a lot more knowledgeable in general and they were having my mom and my brother were having a conversation one time and my mom was trying to give my brother financial advice oh. like about like what stocks to invest in and my mom my brother's like no mom like that's that's wrong and she's like no no like 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 it's right like i, I read it like and and my brother's like did you do the research and she's like no but like i know it's right i know it's right he told me. Was it a... Yo, yo, Lawrence, was it Bitcoin? <laughs> I think that's speaking about science that like... And I even... I even find young generations also do this as well. Where like... And this is kind of a little bit of a tangent. But like... Yeah. If you have one article that has one implication, you have to look at contradicting implications as well to really yeah. make an inclusion mm -hmm. of what is true and what is fact. Right. That's what the science is. Like Newton's law became... It's not Newton's theory. It became Newton's law because it was tested so many times it that there was no... Right. Thing to prove it wrong like yeah. that's the reason why it became newton's law yeah. like like again and like when it comes to theories and stuff like that and like implications like like for example there's like this is like a more of a soft example of how to you know with science and this is for people who are watching who are <laughs> science did. nerds but for example let's say there's a correlation between a messy room and someone with depression right you may say like oh having a messy room leads to depression or you can say uh someone who has you know, mental health problems has less energy throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And with that less energy, they're less likely to take care of other things in their life, such as their room, right? Yeah. right? Just because something is correlated doesn't necessarily mean it's correlated in the way you think it is. And I, I think that's, like, when I deal with, like, science versions of that, bro, like, oh, it's fact. Like, yo, like, if you're a person of science, you always have to be critical about how you analyze data. Like, but the reason why I'm talking about science is because I'm going to talk about a qualitative, quantitative study, like, right after. But mm -hmm. I just wanted to get your guys' opinion of, like, um... Like how much power do you think you can you can influence your parents? Like, do you think you have enough like tools in your life that you're able to like change your parents for the better, or do you think like they're just the I way think, they are? I think for me, like it's important to also. While I agree with Ronald, like on some on some topics, you can like reparent your parents, but it's also important to you know, as as I kind of touched on before have compassion for them as well and have empathy for them because you know realize that they grew up in a, in a different time in a different like part of the world where a lot of the stuff that we think um <clears throat> might be like the norm or might be wrong you know was perfectly fine, fine for them back then yeah. or like their their style of parenting was perfectly acceptable back then and uh, they just learned from their parents and like how how I see is like you know in, instead of being mad at them for being like oh yeah they don't um you know they don't you know, support me in the way that I want to like for example if I if I didn't get to go into dance or something like <laughs> I I really hate my parents for not letting me go into dance that's a luxury them. to them like, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah it's like they they in in their mind they probably don't think like oh like you know this is such a waste of time like yeah like what do you need to do to survive and they probably think that you know these recreational activities like don't, might be a waste produce, of time. They don't produce results. Right? So, so having that compassion, understanding where they're coming from and also like understanding that they're also probably suffering from intergenerational trauma themselves and each generation can only do so much. Right. Mm -hmm. So for example, maybe, maybe they, um, from their parents, they, um, uh, they were really poor. Right. They were really poor. They grew up in a really poor province or area of, area of the world. And one thing that they want to uh, give to their children is, you know, financial stability. So they move to Canada or Canada. U.S. Yeah. or some something like for their for the future of their children. Yeah. But 
the that and the implication of that is that they want their children to succeed so bad that they kind of like set out a path for children and then they they're like no you got to stick here you can't express yourself and um they like instill a really great deal of discipline into their children and like not enough like uh expression so that their children grow up like really uh really repressed so that's like fixing one part of inter intergenerational trauma but also introducing another one or making another piece worse so i think our generation the the biggest impact we can do other than like reparenting our parents on, on a lot of like the social aspects um of our like current generation is also like you know realize realize our limitations as well and learn from learn from what our parents did that we didn't like but also like realize that we can't provide our our, our potential future children with everything like they're not going to have a perfect life mm -hmm. and um and that's okay like yeah sometimes our children are gonna hate us for stuff that we do yeah and it's that's your okay. control and, and like it's, it's out of your control like you don't know what your child is gonna feel yeah. at every moment every time oh, they can't my past six to nine fuck <laughs> my dad they yeah. can't they can't you can't make them like um not hate you or not love you or or love you or hate you like right so something yeah. like that so like yeah, yeah. um i feel like going into you know this stage of our life where we're thinking of potentially having children or adopting or whatever like you might be thinking um if you want to start a family like just realize your limitations um and you know just try your best because they're it like it's probably gonna happen that your your children are gonna hate you for something or um experience some form of intergenerational trauma that you may have passed on from or like you may have inherited to, from your parents that you're still kind of passing on to future generations and it's kind of like i'm not saying that intergenerational trauma can't be broken but it can only be broken one step at a time slowly and it's like it can only be improved on generation by generation like there's yeah, not one sure, generation sure. like there's gonna be like yes this is me super uh, mr channel yes. i'm gonna solve all of the social issues <laughs> i'm gonna redeem my family's yeah. name and break <laughs> the <on>. cycle <laughs> no it's, it's not it's not like that so you just gotta be yeah. like yeah accepting how things are and like realize that exactly so much you can do yeah, yeah. there's something i wanted to talk about because like so um this is actually a youtube video i ran into because i was so i'm a big fan of like arthur glass airbender i'm gonna give credit to this guy but basically the youtube video is called uh the brilliance of zuko's story <clears throat> uh the element that truly elevated avatar glass airbender so it's about mm -hmm. And if you ever watched After Lars Adventure, you part goaded show. Goaded show talks about redemption and idea of like abuse from like Zuko, who was a who was a kid who went through yeah. abuse, right? And it and if you really look at it, it's a very touchy subject. So he actually uh, pulled out a study in in this YouTube video, um, or it's more of a it's more of ethnography. So it's a book called Ordinary Men, uh, and this actually I mentioned it in a previous episode about the idea of like. And he asked the question, like, if you were born in the 1920s um, during, like, Hitler's time, like, where everyone thought the same, mm -hmm. everyone believed Jews were bad people, mm -hmm. right? Um, do Would you honestly believe that you would have made the right choice? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Would you yeah. have, like, a tough joined the other side and fought for freedom and, like, fought against oppression, mm -hmm. right? Are you a good person because you chose to be a good person or are you a good person because society molded you and you're at the mercy of the social force that made you who you were yeah mm. and it's a very hard question to answer which like i, I just think is very like you know 
very, very good to answer. Because one of the things I kind of yeah. ask myself, because like when I read about statistics about like abuse and like, you know, trauma. Yeah. Uh, there's a very high statistics. Uh, and this is something I learned like in my psych class. Well, a lot of Latin American and black men tend to have high criminal rates. Right. And high abuse rates. Right. And I could easily be a statistic. Like one of the things I kind of ask myself, and this is like a question that might be hard for someone to ask themselves where it's like, like if I didn't go to the nonprofits that I worked at, if I didn't work at like, you know, antics or like if I didn't like meet Karen or meet like mm-hmm. other people, like would I have become an abuser? Would I have been, am I a good person because I chose to be a good person or am I a good person because I had actual influence from people that allowed me to be a good person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, this is like, uh, we'll put a training warning for this, right? And if you want to like cut this out, we can, if it's too much. Um, but that's a question that like I kind of ask because this is something that like I want to bring up with like, and also if you ever say like psychopaths, a lot of times you know that, um, and like if you ever say psychopaths, like even like uh, people like the Golden State Killer, like people who have killed like millions of people. Yeah. When you go into a backstory, you find out like, oh, like they themselves are also abused as a child, right? Mm. And again, I know in the past episode, I talked about like, do you think these people have t- chance for redemption? We answered no, right? Mm-hmm. I asked that for a reason, not because I actually believe that they have a chance for redemption. I- I'm actually on the same boat. I-, I don't think, I think they're a lost cause. But just to understand why someone becomes an abuser in the first place. Yeah. And when I talk about, when we're talking about intergenerational trauma, there are some parents that I've met where uh, like, you know, overbearing mother that's very narcissistic, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some of these kids like obviously had like parents that were abusive. Not because they chose to be abusive, because they live in an environment that was not mm-hmm. allowed to be good people. Again, whether you decide to forgive your parents or not, that's entirely up to you. But for example, like you can look at it, like we're talking about residential schools, right? You look, look at a net Native American who maybe has a drug addiction, right? Who's abusing his family and say, fuck abusers, fuck him, right? Yeah. But also ask yourself, if residential schools weren't a thing, do we think that he would have been a bad person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? right. You can look at Hitler and be like, and if you went back in time and had a gun and look, and you go back in time and meet Hitler as an adult, you probably would shoot him for the greater good. Yeah. Right. But if yeah. you met him as a baby, would you shoot the baby or would you take the baby, put him in a household yeah. that believes in unconditional love, love thy neighbor, help one another, right? Yeah. Are you a bad person because you chose to be a bad person or are you a bad person because you're put in an environment yeah. that made oh. you bad? Yeah, right? essentially how much like yeah. does each factor have an influence? I, I feel like that societal factor I feel like it's like 80 20 or 90 10 in favor of the the societal factor cuz yeah, like yeah the, n- no one is born like no, no one is born a, a yeah no one is born a shitty person I believe like oh, 100% like there's I, probably like one in 1 million that's kind of like yeah that like, just, wake, yeah. <laughs> that just wakes up and it's like I'm going to be a demon because he's a scorpio <laughs> yeah. hey I'm a scorpio there are many societies <laughs> but yeah like I I feel like that's a very interesting question cuz like you know, like with, with with Hitler again, like if if he was, you know, not to empathize and not to like justify no, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we should probably specify. Uh, in, not in, trying insert, to- insert like bad person here. Like yeah. if they were like raised in a, um, quote unquote, good household, and provided with a with a healthy childhood, uh, like loving parents and stuff. Like mm-hmm. would they have turned out to be bad, or or you know, like would they have turned out to be like a decent? human yeah, being yeah. and and probably like that like what i'm saying is, is you know and going back to that question where if, if you're back in the uh in, in 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 nazi germany i i feel like I, I saw that video too like the majority of people would probably be on uh on the nazi side because yep. like that was that was the, the societal yeah. acceptance at that point yeah. you know um, that's the morals that they were taught yeah, that yeah, was morally yeah. right yeah exactly and even even now like some of our beliefs may be 
are challenged like, like, yeah, challenged, like yeah. further into the future and be like, what, what were they like? What were yeah. they thinking? What were these like? guys thinking? You yeah. could you could easily judge them, but also understand that like if you were in that in their shoes, not to like again, not just as a behavior, but you probably would have done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I th- and I'd like to add on, like I think there's a a little bit of a less extreme um example because obviously this is a, still a very good example. I think a little bit of a less extreme example that I kind of thought of was people having mommy and daddy issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not necessarily a product of like oh like they just woke up and they're like oh like I have, I have mommy issues. So, like I. I it, uh, I generally look, especially at my own kind of like family nucleus, uh, nucleus, and, and like look at a lot of like my cousins who kind of like I, I look at their uncle and I'm like, damn, he's really not in her life, and that's why she's like, yeah, I have daddy issues, and I'm like, I I get it because you didn't really have a father figure in your life, so you go out into like, uh, you you go out into the world and 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 have like these uh, platonic or romantic relationships where you you put too much value into into these men mm-hmm. who just don't necessarily treat you very well right yeah. and, and love wasn't modeled yeah like in a healthy way yeah, so you yeah, don't yeah. know what a healthy yeah, relationship yeah, yeah, is. A healthy yeah. relationship is right and, and it's the same thing with me like I, I definitely 100% have mommy issues but that's just because I just never knew what it was like to have like a loving caring like mother figure because my mom was always like that stoic kind of person who just never really showed that type of stuff so it's like i put too much value into um just like just just into though just into my uh more feminine relationships if that makes sense Mm -hmm. right um yeah and, and and i think it's very much due to the environment like you can't like yes it's fucking shitty to see like an abuser abusing like and and then and and them do that stuff but you also kind of have to realize like they weren't born that way they learned that through like lived experiences and through like societal and through what society has pretty much given them essentially right like you can't make you can't make lemonade without lemons essentially right yeah and and sorry go ahead actually you finish yeah and, and i think like the first step to healing whatever the whether it be like intergenerational trauma or helping an abuser like rehabilitate or 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 something else is recognizing that it's not the purse it's like the behavior it's not it's mm-hmm. not usually the person it, it itself that like is bad it's you know the environment that they grew up around and, and going like a layer above and say okay this person is bad because they're not a bad person but because maybe they got abused maybe they did they grew up without a father figure a mother figure maybe they didn't grow up with any parents at all maybe they their parents were absent for a lot of their life you know maybe they're the type of friends they were hanging out with so it's kind of like i i I know it's like a challenge to kind of analyze every every person and it's easier to just say oh they're they're an asshole i'm like i'm not I, I don't like them. I'm not talking to them yeah. anymore. Um, in, instead of having like, in, instead of doing that analysis thing, like, yeah, I can, I can empathize with this person because, you know, they didn't grow up in the best environment. They didn't have mm-hmm. like love modeled for them. They didn't have all these things. And this mm-hmm. is why they're this. And, yeah. you know, maybe I can help them mm-hmm. um, be better by helping them like realize this or, mm-hmm. Because one of the things I know we said in an early podcast where it's like, it's not your job to fix someone and you don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. Which like, I, I as I get older, I start to rephrase that question where it's like, do I have the capacity to help someone? To help someone. Right? Because yeah. like, if you're someone who's in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. you don't have the capacity. Get out, sister. It's not your job to fix someone. I would, yeah. I would 100% be on that boat. 
Yeah. However, if you're someone with a lot of emotional intelligence, maybe you're someone who studies like uh, society, like heteronormative, like um, like the patriarchy and all that shit, yeah. like everything, like you're very knowledgeable. You just have, you just have a lot of resources. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're you have emotional wealth, right? And yeah. you have a chance to give back. You know, you, knowledge is power, and with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> you know, if you want the world to be a better place, you know, would you make that choice? Like for example, like again, you know, would you kill baby Hitler? Or would you put him in an environment? Obviously, you can't go back in time. Yeah. We can't control the past, but we can't control the present, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, you know, we obviously, we say this a lot. We're like, yeah, it's not our job. It's not, you don't owe anyone anything. You don't owe anyone forgiveness, whatever. And that's obviously like, I, that is somewhat true. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, if you want the world to be a better place, you also have some agency. This is something that I was talking with Karen. Uh, she kind of threw in the, the, the term dichotomy. And so the loose definition was like society, norms, great human agency, so human choice. And that human's choice creates society, mm-hmm. right? So we were very privileged that we weren't evil people. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm not talking about male privilege. I'm talking about like, like white privilege, whatever. Like, this is a different type of privilege. We were very privileged to live in a country that taught us morals and ethics. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in in Mayan culture, uh, they used to believe in human sacrifice for the yeah. god, and so they would just kill the fuck out of people. Yeah. For yeah. the sake of the god, and like, it's very easy for you to be like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Like, I'm such a good person. I'm morally yeah. a good person, but. Keep in mind, moral and ethics is a learned behavior. Like, are you liberal because you chose to be liberal? Are you conservative because you chose to be a conservative? Um, are is that woman toxic because she chose to be toxic? Is that man trash because he like he's just naturally trash person? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. One yeah. of those things where it's like, yes, like I think it's it's very good to understand like behaviors, understand like, oh, this person's kind of shitty, and like you know, and sometimes you might be like, oh, you know what, maybe just a shitty person, you know, and just accepting yeah. that as it is, but also understand that like. You are definitely molded by the environment around you. And sometimes it can go extreme because like, and just remembering that you also have the capacity to be an evil person, right? This is something that I talk about when it comes to like, in terms of forgiveness. And I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about like, just relating this back to internal trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about that Native American that, you know, was probably had a gambling addiction and, you know, was into drugs and stuff like yeah. that. You know, yes, it's very easy to point fingers and be like, that's a bad person. That's what a bad person looks like. Mm-hmm. But also understanding at the same time, another truth of like, they could have been different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, this is not to empathize with abuse, not just to like justify their behaviors, but just to understand why abuse happens in the first place. Abuse is, to prevent abuse, it's proactive, not reactive. Yeah. Like, you know how like a lot of like left-wing people are like, all cops are bad. Like, like cops don't prevent crime. They just um, show what happens, right? Yeah. A lot of times I feel like that's the same thing with like trauma and abuse where it's like we, we tend to point fingers at the abuse, but we don't really know how to solve the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like um, this is a very touchy subject because, you know, it, we are, uh, the reason why I want to talk about it is because this is abuse. And I've met a lot of like immigrant kids who have a very overbearing narcissistic mother or like a misogynistic father. Right. Mm-hmm. You might have a racist uncle or transphobic aunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also understanding and you don't have to accept and forgive them. But you also have to like I would recommend understanding like or. I would recommend understanding that, you know, they weren't born that way. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. something that they were molded they, by the side of you are. Yeah. And you yourself are also molded with certain ethics and ideologies. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you are definitely molded by the society around you. So yeah. like sometimes finding what is right and morally right, wrong might be hard for people. Like what is it? What does it mean to be a right, righteous person? What does it mean to yeah. be a good person? Um, again, this is something I just want to talk about because like um, this is like the complex issue of intergenerational trauma of like, mm-hmm. You know, a colonizer coming in and like assaulting our woman, you know, 
giving us like no resources, giving us drug addiction and poor mental health. And that passes on, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, there are some people that we can argue that have no chance of redemption and maybe they're a lost cause, you know? I, I definitely think that's something we can accept it. Like there's some people that just never change. Mm -hmm. However, um, going forward, do you think you can prevent someone from becoming that person so that you never have to ask that question in the first place? Yeah. I mean, so that's why I asked the question, like, do you think you have the power to change your parents for the betterment for good? Mm -hmm. I think like um, since, you know, our parents um they're getting older i feel like the the best thing we can do for them is you know educate them first mm -hmm. of all like what what is what do we what the society consider right quote unquote now mm -hmm. like and you know they, they don't have to accept it but they can still kind of like make their own decision right and like also also discuss like what you feel as an individual as their child like what do you feel is correct like this is where we have differences and, and, you know, you can make your own decision. I'm not saying like you have to feel this way or you're in the wrong or you're a bad person. Right. But, you know, yeah. Go, going back to that thing where like realizing they came from a different time. I know my, my, my parents always like make kind of like slot, like, like little, um, like, Oh, oh, like homophobic remarks. and like yeah, racist yeah, remarks yeah, here yeah, and there, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they seem innocent, right? But but me and my sister are always like, hey, you can't say that because it's like chill, yeah, because because like you know, they're the people the 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 slurs that that you're referring to, they're talking about like these people who are marginalized because of this, and this is their trauma as well, yeah. and like and like all that, and like they kind of yeah. they 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 understand too, because like yeah. you know, they came from a very. um our Filipinos are like very Americanized. Oh yeah, no, and and all, and all yeah. that. They, colonization, they, yeah, too. yeah, from, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. trauma from colonization coming down, like filtering down through uh -huh. throughout the generations yeah. and stuff. Um, and they don't really understand like what other cultures have been through. And I think that's like one of the single most important lessons that we can, I guess, not pass on but pass up to our parents. And is like, hey, this is the history of the world. This is like what other people are going through yeah. and like just because like we didn't experience it doesn't mean it's correct that we kind of like you know make fun or you know get to say the get to say these like like derog derogatory remarks just because they're different or like or like uh yeah whatever you're talking about like another culture and stuff not even like not like not even like just racism because i know yeah. um like gays in the Philippines being a very Catholic country. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're not yeah, always yeah, like yeah. seen Super in the best accepted. light. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. they're sinners. As yeah. They're as sinners. Yeah, they're yeah. portrayed well on like on media, but once yeah. you have like a gay person in your family, yeah, there's yeah, no, always it's, shade. It's, it's shame. Yeah. It's, shame. it's shamed. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, you're like, how, how are you going to get married? Like how are you going to yeah, have like, kids? Or like even like talking about like earlier when we were talking about like, Oh, like, my my like my parents were so like worried that i was yeah gay. and like my mom so, was like, too yeah. yeah so like what what's the problem like if yeah. i end up liking like penis like because yeah. i was like, bothered by that i was like yeah i'm gonna right. suck dick out of spite like <laughs> yeah. fuck like <laughs> like like, like it, it's it's not like it's not a bad thing mm -hmm. for sure it's just like even my like i even had to like really like tell my dad like dad like if like any one of us turns out to be homosexual like 
it's it's an okay thing like it's not a bad thing yeah and he's like it's like no but you're my son and i'm like yeah i'm like yes i (laughs) will always be your son gay or not like like so it's just like there's there's still that taboo that you're really trying to break with them and those those like intergenerational habits like and, and what's crazy is that like a lot of a lot of us know that we like some of us know that we have a gay family member like especially filipinos like filipino families will always have like at least one gay family member. Uh, Latin Americans, we have a lot of, a lot yeah, of gay families, right? Yeah. And 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 it's and it's and, and it's crazy to me how they still shame like their kids for like you know, like in Venus or like in Vienna. Yeah. When they, you know, <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's just. What are you gonna say like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but yeah, like yeah. again, the the, cause the reason I wanted to bring that up because like again, like as a per- people of color, melon, like again, a fucking like what is the morally correct yeah. word that we were taught that was morally correct depending on the society? Mm-hmm. Um, we we see our family members. We probably had a lot, probably that uncle we don't like or that you know that family member we just don't like because yeah. of the way they think. Because the way they think, yeah. But also like it's it's also good to remember that like yo they were molder and like ask yourself how much agency do you that do they have and how much agency that you have right yeah. yeah obviously some people do have choice like for example if i want to put my hand on my face like i could just do that like that's something i'm allowed to do but like yeah. understand that like the only reason i can do stuff like make good decisions is because i actually had the privilege yeah. to make to good so. decisions yeah, right yeah. if everyone in, in in the whole planet thought that like um i don't know like for example my whole entire friend group did not like black people right i probably could have been racist you know what i mean you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, yo, but then again, like, I could have met someone else that would have taught me differently. Taught you differently. Right? Yeah. So, like, you're definitely molded by the side you are just remembering that, that, like, yo, yeah. like, you don't have to forgive someone. You don't have to accept their behavior. You also understand, like, hey, like, maybe that's the reason why they're, you yeah. know, a shit person. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's always, it's, it's hard when, you know, older generations, like, they don't realize that, the, like, their way of thinking is kind of, like, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But and it it's it's some sometimes you just have to accept that you know like they're not gonna change their ways or or like you know it's always gonna be hard to explain to them. The I think the most important thing though is like within our generation or within like your own family, like within your like whether it be your your siblings or your cousins, um, like make sure that way of thinking is kind of like is not passed down. I guess like. Mm-hmm. Or, or make sure that um, they're not inheriting their parents' way of thinking without critically thinking it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, yeah. you know, for example, like oh, your cousin, like oh, your 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 parents don't like gay people, and you don't like gay people. Why? Why? Because it's harder. It's it's gonna be harder for a younger person growing up in the generation and our like societal norms to answer that question, and like defend. Their, their parents kind of like their view mm-hmm. versus like oh yeah it's just like what my parents like think so i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna think I'm like that's not acceptable yeah. and, I, that, and i think that's why i'm gonna like challenging your parents like you know we could make fun of all the white kids that they like you know i'm not listening to you stephanie like you know they call their mom by the first yeah, yeah. Sure that. but at the same time when i enter a white dynamic household one of the things i do appreciate is like you know what like i'm glad that you're still able to like challenge your parents and i'm going like i'm not encouraging people who are immigrants or minorities or people of color whatever you want to use to pick up fights with their parents but understanding that like if you can't change your parents at least you can change like the future mm-hmm. the exactly yeah. yeah yeah just so that we can live in a better society because like sure it's not your job and like you don't have to reparent someone but like 
you know, like, for example, I wanted to bring up like Aboriginal um, philosophy where like if a child was born, it wasn't the job of the, of the mom and dad to raise them. It was a job of the whole community to, to, yeah. them, right? to nurture them. Because yeah. like, you know, a lot of times you say like, oh, it's not our job. Like, for example, when it comes to like, and I'm talking about like men's mental health where it's like, you know, I know a lot of women say like, it's not my job to fix a man, which is true. Like, I think we're hard on our women, like yeah, expecting yeah. them to fix men, yeah. which is like unfair. Yeah. But at the same time, that men is also going to go to another part of a group of men. And then like, nah, I'm not as baby. I'm not as mama. Like, fuck yeah. this guy, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. one of the things where it's like, you know, it's definitely not our job to fix someone. But like, if you have the capacity to give them perspective and some tools to help them have mm-hmm. a chance of redemption, like, would you? Yeah. Um, Because yeah. like, yeah, like I, that was something I kind of was thinking about because like I, and then, and maybe I'm just like revoking what I said in the past, like in terms of the, in the beginning episodes, where it's like, yeah, it. I, I think not your job, and you know, um, you don't want anyone to think is a good philosophy mm-hmm. to adopt if you're someone who's super empathetic and someone mm-hmm. who's taking on more than you can handle, because you also have needs as well. Mm-hmm. But also understanding that, like, hey, like, you know, some people go through shit that makes them a bad person. Yeah, yeah. this is a hard conversation to have talk about mental health because everyone's like, oh, stop the the stigma with mental health, but then when someone shows shitty behavior we're we're like we tend to point fingers like that's a bad person mm-hmm. right of course whether that person has a chance of redemption or not is up to society or what you believe in but i just encourage you that if maybe we don't have to ask that question in the first place like maybe we could give someone a better future mm-hmm. but because you know even though we are molded and socialized we are several also social forces that can influence people around us yeah 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 you know what i mean um so that's like kind of just the power perspective of like hey like might not be your job, but also like you have the capacity to help someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like sure. that's kind of what I just want to talk about because like yeah. we are like talking about men's mental health and when it yeah. comes to intergenerational trauma, like you have a lot more power than you think you do. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? No, I think you touched on a lot of it. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for watching Daddy Issues episode. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for watching Mommy and Daddy Issues part 17. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uncle Issues. Yeah. Or Auntie Step Bro Issues. issues. Step Bro <laughs> Issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening in. Thank you for tuning in. Um, let us know in the comments like what 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 kind of behaviors you're trying to police in yourself and what mm-hmm. other like type of characters that you're trying to police in your in your family and like what what how you're trying to stop the cycle of intergenerational trauma and like you know what kind of world do you want to live in in yeah. the future you know yeah, what kind yeah, of world yeah. do you want your kids if you plan on having kids live in the right. future yeah, yeah. And thank you to all the per- people who uh responded to our instagram question yeah exactly yes sir yeah right. appreciate you guys <laughs> okay. again, but appreciate you guys hope Peace. you guys are staying healthy we love you and uh stay uh happy healthy and live laugh love Live, laugh, love. All right. See you guys in the next one. See you. Bye.